Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Michael. And tonight on the show, we're talking about negative interest rates. Now, we haven't talked about these in a while as interest rates have started to rise, but... They are still around. We still have negative interest rates, which we're going to talk about today. And I think they're going to play an increasing role in the property market that you need to watch out for. Now, what I mean by this is that you can have a negative interest rate even if they appear positive when you go to the bank, put your money into a term deposit. And this comes down to the difference between what we call nominal interest rates and real interest interest rates. So a nominal interest rate, that's just what you get from the bank. So you go in, your term deposit is 1% for 12 months. That's what it is. You get your 1% back on that money at the end of the year. A real interest rate is a bit different. It's the nominal interest rate. So the 1% we just talked about getting from the bank and then adjusted for inflation. And the way you calculate what your real interest rate is, is take the nominal interest rate, the rate that you get from a bank, and just minus the inflation rate. So here's a really quick example of how to do it, and Andrew will give you an even better example. So let's say ASB's 12-month term deposit rate right now, and it actually is, let's not just say it, that's what it actually is, it's 1.3% right now, 12 months if you put 10 grand into ASB. But the headline inflation rate, the rate at which prices of goods are going up, is 3.3%. So when you go and put your money into a bank, the return you get is lower currently than the inflation rate. So it's lower than the price of everything else going up. And so you've essentially lost purchasing power. Your money after investing it is worth less than what you started with in terms of what you can go and purchase. So you've got your 1.3% interest rate you're getting from the bank, minus 3.3% is the inflation rate, your real interest rate is negative 2%. But it actually gets even worse. So Andrew, talk to us no. about why it's even worse than that. <laughs> the big old tax side of things. So if you're earning money on an investment, then obviously you're taxed on the nominal income. And so it's not real income. So let's use a really easy example. So you've got a term deposit of $10,000. So nice round numbers to use. And the nominal interest rate is 1.3%. So ASB are going to pay you that, for example. So your income is $130. So you're not going to do much with that to begin with. But then your tax comes out of that. So say you're on the 33% tax rate you lose another 43. So left over, if you put that money back into your investment, at the end of the 12 months, you've got $10,087. Now, if inflation's 3.3%, the money that you'd need to have for the same purchasing power, so a year later, is $10,330. So what that means is you've actually got less purchasing power now. So you've got a shortfall, you've got less purchasing power by $243. So your money's going backwards, it's a loss. And just to put that back into today's dollars, because I know that you know we're talking about future dollars and what prices are going to be at a year's time. So I just want to adjust it back and show you what it means in today. So today, you put 10k in the bank account, and you could otherwise use that money to buy 10k worth of any other stuff. You could buy a whole heap of stuff and it'd be worth 10k. Now, at the end of that year, what could you buy or what could that money, after we've adjusted for tax and inflation, what would that buy today? Well, it's not 10k's worth of stuff. It's $9,765 worth of stuff. So again, it's about 200 and just under $250 worth less of stuff that you could purchase 
after you'd invested in term deposits. Now, this isn't to say term deposits are bad. This is just to show you the reality of it. Because while your nominal interest rate was 1.3% using this example, your effective interest rate was negative 2.35% after accounting for tax and inflation. So we often talk about, and we will later on in this episode as well, we often talk about negative interest rates in terms of, could I get a negative mortgage rate? Could I borrow money from the bank and pay it back at not 1% or 2%, but negative 1%? And we often talk about uh, negative central bank interest rates. So could the OCR go negative? But what we've got to realize is negative interest rates are already here because real interest rates are already negative. But Andrew, talk to us about in the future, we're going to see interest rates rise, but why might we still see negative real interest rates into the future? Well, I think it's quite possible that, you know, you're going to see savings rates hit sort of 2%. So again, if you invest that term deposit, you get 2%. But I think it's also completely realistic that we'll see inflation hit 4%. So of your 2% that you get in income, your savings rate, 0.67% goes to tax, 33% tax, that leaves you 1.33 minus that inflation rate of 4%, so you're negative 2.67 as a real interest rate. So you're negative 2.67 being that 1.33 positive minus the 4%. And I think the interesting thing here is that even if you start to see term deposit rates begin to rise, if the real interest rate is still negative because, well, why is the Reserve Bank increasing the interest rate? Well, it's to make sure that we're fighting inflation. Inflation's probably likely to be on the up and up. And so therefore, we may still see these negative real interest rates. But what I'm trying to suggest here is that even as interest rates, term deposit interest rates increase, do not expect to see a lot of that money go pouring back into the banks in the short term. We're still expecting to see a lot of money, so the money that we're all saving up right now for those of us who are in lockdown and we tend to spend less and save more, expect that to be ploughed into real assets. Now, do I just mean residential property? No, I don't. I also mean commercial property. I also mean shares. So previously, we've talked about the Tony Alexander layer cake, where he was talking about why is it that the property market has remained so warm? And he said, well, there's kind of three. I like to think of it as a wedding cake, actually, when I think about it. I knew. I was just about to say, don't you talk about the. As a wedding cake, me and Tony's wedding cake. God, that's terrible. Especially after I caught myself baby Tony. That's terrible. But nonetheless, let's go through this wedding cake. Um, gosh, that's terrible. So at the top, we'd initially talked about that. You know, He'd said, well, we started with the fact that we had a whole heap of savings come in after the first round of lockdowns in March and April back in 2020. So we expect to see you know, some amount of heat come out after these lockdowns. Now, let me just say as well, there are other types of negative interest rates. And while we have been you know, talking in the past about the OCR going negative here in New Zealand, we don't expect that to happen. But it's interesting to note, Andrew, that you still get negative central bank interest rates overseas. Sometimes they're, they're heavily negative. So take, for example, the Swiss Central Bank. So their interest rate at the moment is negative 0.75%. In Denmark, it's negative 0.6%. And the Japanese Central Bank interest rate is 0.1%. And it's been like that since 2016. And what that means is if one of the commercial banks wanted to leave some money in overnight, 
and one of the transaction counts on any of those, they would have to pay to keep the money there. So what's the incentive? Over there it's to lend it out. But that has actually raised a really good question, Andrew, which is why is it, and this probably deserves its own podcast episode, but here I go, I'm on a roll, so let's jump into it. Why is it that New Zealand interest rates are higher than overseas? So at the time of recording, the OCR is currently 0.25% in New Zealand. And by the time this episode is released, perhaps that will have increased to 0.5%. Perhaps it would have gone up to 0.75% because on the 6th of October, the Reserve Bank is going to come out with an OCR update. And uh, a lot of people predicting that's going to be an increase, if not a sharp increase. And yet overseas, we're seeing negative interest rates. And it's interesting. If you want to go get a mortgage in the US, then you can get 2.3% interest, your mortgage rate interest, fixed for not one year, fixed for 10 years. And if you want a 30-year fixed-term mortgage, you could lock that in for 3.19%. Now, if you compare that to our five-year interest rates, which my understanding is they're up around the 4% mark right around now. So it is interesting to note that New Zealand has historically had relatively high interest rates compared to the rest of the world. And you might wonder why that is. And the traditional explanation that is often rolled out is that because we're a small country we need to have higher interest rates in order to attract capital over to New Zealand and in order to attract investment. There's actually a couple of different theories that people have because this is one of those situations where it's a bit hard to tell the exact reason why. Another story that's just interesting to note as well is that some economists will say it's because that New Zealand borrows quite heavily. We've got a relatively high level of household debt. We're not particularly good savers. And because of that, we naturally need to borrow more money. And if we're borrowing more money, then what does that mean? We've got to attract it offshore. And in order to attract money from offshore, so from their home market and get it into New Zealand, often we need to pay a bit of a premium. So that might be another reason why we'd have slightly higher interest rates over here. But it is interesting to note, just compare them there, our central bank's interest rate and and the mortgage rates that you and I are paying on our rental properties and our own homes, they are all above what is overseas, unfortunately. And yet, both here and overseas, we still see these negative real interest rates, which are going to become more of a thing and drive money into real assets. I tell you what, I wonder whether or not the bank manager in Switzerland just takes all the money home and puts it under his mattress at night rather than giving it to the central bank. That would make more sense, wouldn't it, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could laugh at the joke, but it's just too terrible, Andrew. Tough crowd. All right, let's move on. Well, if you think Andrew's joke is funny, text 5522. <laughs> text funny to 5522. Thank and you. And if you don't think it's funny, then don't send Just don't say anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll turn off the text machine so that we get no text back. Well, I tell you what, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, why don't you come along to our next webinar? It's happening on Tuesday, the 19th of October, 7pm. We're going to be talking about how to live off your property portfolio. And we're going to take you through some real strategies, some real case studies of investors that we've worked with and have used property in somewhat creative ways to fund their lifestyles or at least are planning to use property in creative ways to fund their lifestyles. Come along. I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes where you can sign up for free. So tap or swipe over the cover up. There'll be a link in there. Or just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash webinar. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. 
and we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most of using property market. Until next time.